0: Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Claire Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. <laughs> and uh, we got the whole band together today. It's the truth. So how are you, how are you surviving there, Berg? Oh, just living the dream. Uh, we mentioned uh, the the little one. At your house, Oh, yeah. Congratulations! Thank you. That, that going well? Yeah, it's going real well. So, I I uh, mentioned on our last podcast, I'm anxious and interested to see how this changes you as a person.
1: Well, I'm have you noticed more, anything so far? I'm a little more tired now than what I was, <laughs> but you know. Okay, here's some advice. All right, I just want to let you know
0: that from this point on, you will always be tired because mm. because by the time your kids get old enough that maybe I can sleep better, you know, have a little more energy, by that time you're old. Ha. Huh. So uh, that's where <laughs> I am at. Like my kids generally don't keep me from sleeping anymore, but now I'm old. So it's just <laughs> from now on as they what do they say nowadays? This is your new normal.
1: Yes, this <laughs> is the new normal. Amen. <laughs> um
0: because I'm sure you feel the same way. Have you stopped being tired?
2: No. <laughs> yep. It's it changes, I think, but also your body just like figures out how to keep going. So
1: well, and this is what we have drinks for, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, this morning I'm drinking. Uh, I had to switch to pop, which I is another change that you know. Um, but I am drinking a diet Hillbilly Holler. So. So what is what is uh, hillbilly holler? I, it's like an off-brand. Um, it tastes kind of like Mountain Dew, a little bit. So it's naturally flavored soda with other natural flavors. Okay. Methinks the can protests too much. <laughs> so
3: now, as a person who hasn't had that drink in many years, because I I don't really buy pop too much, and if I do, it's probably Pepsi or Coke, not Mountain Dew. Uh. I've heard that some people actually prefer that to Mountain Dew. Wow. Do you concur?
1: Interesting. Yeah, I haven't had Mountain Dew in a long time, so I might have to I might have to do a taste test or something. Oh,
0: guess what? Yeah. Next episode. Next episode. The Hillbilly Holler Mountain Dew Challenge. In fact, we can find like Hillbilly Holler Mountain Dew and then we'll find a
1: couple other fake Mountain Dews. Right. We'll just, you know. Some of those off brands are hilarious, like Doctor Thunder. It's like, yeah. I wonder what that one tastes like, but it is. No, it it yeah. I mean, it's that's actually what kind of drew me to it. So I did buy it just for the name,
2: but yeah, See, that that was not in the grocery stores in the Twin Cities. No, just we had Doctor Thunder, right? And that's the that's off brand I'd go with, uh, or the uh, the throwback was. Actually, what I I'd, I'd always prefer with the real, the cane real sh- yeah. sugar. Ooh, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like uh, like our family has kind of fallen in love with uh, the Mexican, cokes, right? Mexican cokes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and actually, even even uh, one time, uh, I had an, on a really hot day, I had a really cold Mexican Pepsi. Yeah. And I'm not generally more of a Coke guy than a Pepsi guy, but for some reason,
1: just hit the spot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Vicar, what's your go-to drink for yeah for sleepless nights?
2: Well, yeah. So I I start off with a warm cup of coffee. So this is my second cup of coffee I think today. But uh, Cafe Veranda, uh, it was a gift. Uh, it's a Starbucks uh, blend, but I I have the dark roast. I always prefer my coffee with the dark roast. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm drinking this morning.
0: Here here's a caffeine pro tip. Okay. I found myself buying like a lot of energy drinks and drinks with caffeine. uh-huh and then I realized you can get like like a bargain brand caffeine pills at Walmart for like three bucks. It's got a hundred of them two hundred milligrams. Oh pop Wait <laughs> that that doesn't sound very safe. No, no listen though. <laughs> so think of all because you buy a drink. Get caffeine, right? Right. You buy a cup of coffee for $2 that has 100 milligrams of caffeine in it, right? Oh, okay, And yeah. it costs you how much? So the, the, the cost of, of two cups of coffee from McDonald's, you can get 100, 200 milligram servings of caffeine.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're and just... And someone in your case that... I mean, if you're just going for the caffeine aspect, but, you know, I like things like taste and, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah, just you can someday call me. someday you'll a, be in my shoes. You know, you can call me an elitist. I mean, yeah, as you, I drink diet actually, hollars, this is true.
0: Actually, know? what I do is I get the caffeine pill, I chew it up, and then swig of water. Yeah, and man, that gets in your system so quickly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> duh. I'm just waiting for when they can inject it directly into your veins.
0: Well, well, so you kind of should be a caffeine expert. You work third shift, twelve hours at a time at night. 7 to 7, What what's, uh... you have any caffeine
3: advice for, for us? Uh, your caffeine advice for the day... Peter's caffeine advice! <laughs> <laughs> um, your caffeine advice is, if you want your caffeine to last, you take it all at once. Really? Really. The way caffeine works is, caffeine has a half-life. Uh, and I don't remember how long it is, but basically...
0: I think the half life the... is probably about four hours.
1: Yeah, it seems. I mean, it seems counterintuitive, but hey, we haven't used the like Vicker app in a long time. Hey, Vicker, what's the half life of caffeine? I'll find that. <laughs> Feels like we're talking about like uranium or something, you know. <laughs>
3: um, I'm thinking it's like f- five hours, but yeah, it might be four hours in anyway, healthy adults. Uh, five to six hours. Th- there you go. Um, so, uh, half-life is every five to six hours, the total caffeine in your system is cut in half, meaning, uh, so know, that in 10 hours you have a four hours, right? So if you need to be up and going for 12, 15 hours, you take your caffeine right away at the beginning of the day and you're probably a little bit too hyped up to begin with, but it's going to last you all day.
1: Okay. Hmm.
3: The other option is to take two smaller doses. So what I do is I drink a Monster on the way into work, uh-huh. and then I drink another Monster at about eleven, which would be four hours. Four hours. Wow. Yeah. And then I and then I don't take any caffeine after uh one p.m. because or one a.m. Excuse me. Which would be six hours. Right, in. Right, because then you because can sleep. Then I won't be able to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Although
0: I have seen Peter, like, with no sleep but hopped up on caffeine, and it's pretty funny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you guys have never met me while I was totally awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> probably true. All right, so, uh hey, Berg, what, what are you preaching on?
1: Well, our uh, reading is uh, the Gospel of John, John chapter 15 and 16. So it's John 15, 26 through 16, 4.
0: I was, I was just telling Vicar
1: this week, I'm getting tired of John. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Well, it's great because Vicar had a great sermon on the Ascension, and we recorded that, right? Yeah, maybe
0: put that sermon on uh, midweek sometime. That's all
1: right with you, Vicar. Yeah, sure. So yeah, we have this great, glorious, you know, day of the Ascension, and then you hit Sunday, and it's like, yeah, your life is going to stink. They're going (laughs) to put you out of the, you know, they're going to put you out of the synagogues, you know, you're going to be excommunicated, um, the people who kill you think they're doing a service to God, um, and they will do these things because they they don't know the Father or Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus is telling them all this beforehand to warn them, to sustain them, and to keep them in the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though Christ rules over all things for our benefit, and right? right. even though He is ascended, uh, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean we're going to you know. Uh, wipe the wipe the floor with the opposition. In fact, uh, it's going to be, it's going to look the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's going to look like a Kingsman basketball game.
2: Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. We beat them last year. <laughs>
1: so you better explain for our listeners. <laughs> so, yeah, the the uh, two seminaries
0: in our city, St. Louis and Fort Wayne, they have basketball teams, and uh, they're rivals. And... Uh, Usually, uh, St. Louis beats Fort Wayne. Pretty handily. Pretty handily. Yeah. Um, Although we did beat them when I played. Yeah. And I think uh, last year was the
1: first time they
0: beat them again.
1: Yeah, since you were. So how many years would that be? Well, uh, that would have been in 96, I think, that I beat them. Yeah, that's, that's a long time. Long time. Right. See, this is why the Kingsmen are better Lutherans, because they're always living under the shadow of the cross. (laughs) <laughs> of defeat. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> kind of like the Vikings. Oh, don't don't start. Don't
2: start.
3: <sighs> and I am. Uh, pr- For, if we're talking seminary basketball, you want to give us a couple seminary basketball stories there, Pastor Bullhead? All right.
0: All right. I will give you some semi. Ba- my favorite seminary basketball story. You want to hear it? Sure. So this would have been second year. Oh, one of our other rivals, oddly, was. Uh, is it Fairhaven Baptist College? Yeah, yeah. yep, Fairhaven. Yeah. So they they were the they call themselves the fighting fundies, the fighting fundamentalists. Okay, that's I mean that's funny. I like. Yeah, that. and and uh, fighting was definitely capitalized. I mean <laughs> they
1: were rough and brutal. Yeah. So so paint a picture of the two teams. What did the two teams okay. look well, like? Okay. Well, first of all,
0: when you go, this was an away game. All right, in Chesterton, Indiana and their school, I don't know if it's still this way, was actually K through college. Yep. Wow. So, when you'd play them, it was the small gym and K through 12. This was their thing. Yeah. And you would have a crowd of, you know, women with skirts down to their ankles like mm-hmm. screaming at you. <laughs>
1: How about the players? What like what ages were they?
0: They for... were they were college age, so they were okay, eighteen so like... to twenty two. Um, all had you know perfectly clean cut haircuts, you know, um, and uh, now describe the the Kingsmen. Okay, the Kingsmen. Uh, I was young at the time, mm-hmm. but we had a guy who was about forty six, who was built like a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, um, we had uh, Doug punky he's actually the pastor at zion he's probably our best shooter best scorer right um and uh and but our average age was probably mid 30s Mm -hmm. and so i was the, the athletic guy who had to always be the defensive stopper and run back on defense and all that kind of thing right so see the thing about the fighting fundies when you go play them is they um were kind of dirty elbows everywhere and then they would handpick their referees. And so by the end of the game, we beat them by like 25 points on our home court. They they were beating us by about 25 on their home court. Okay. And and the, the refs were horrible. The crowd was in your face and yelling and screaming at you, which I enjoyed, right? <laughs> so so it was uh, about a minute to go. I was angry. I was upset. I was upset at the— the whole thing, right? I get a little guy is bringing the court down. I I steal it from him. And then because I'm angry, I had a little extra hops that day, right? Mhm. And so I I I jumped to dunk the ball and the rim just seemed just like it was right there. Uh-huh. Right? That was, this was back in the day when they actually would give you technicals for hanging on the rim, right? Yeah. So I dunked it. And I looked at that the little guys underneath me, right? Mm-hmm. And I hung on the rim, and I looked at the ref, and I waited for him to give me the T before I let go of the rim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty gangster, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I would expect nothing then, less from. This
0: is the truth. This is why I consider it my best dunk ever because the players from the fighting fundamentalists, the bench from the opposing team. That hated you, right? Yep. They actually all got up, and they started doing the Wayne's World "We're Not Worthy" motion. <laughs> nice. And uh, and that was the Fairhaven dunk. <laughs> Aren't you glad you asked that, Peter?
3: <laughs> I mean, I asked knowing exactly what you were gonna say, so yes, I am.
0: So, if, if any listeners remember that dunk, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I think you did that because my birthday's coming up. But back to what I'm preaching on. Yep. <laughs> Since we are that kind of show, right? Right. I am preaching on the Old Testament from Ezekiel. And uh, this is a, kind of a fascinating... Um, I think it's interesting. Now, Ezekiel at this time, he is in uh, exile. hmm Right? Yep. And, uh, and uh, the temple he is actually earlier in, in Ezekiel he has a god kind of in a vision takes him back to Jerusalem back to the temple and he sees
1: cast in stone all the idols that they're worshipping so so just to let the just to let the audience know in case you're wondering there were actually two exiles so like Daniel and Ezekiel are part of that first exile that's taken out mm mm-hmm. mhm and then uh, it's, I don't even know how many years it is, but um, 15, 20 years uh, before the second one happens. Right. You know, when the temple is completely destroyed.
0: Right. And, and uh, isn't is the first one they kind of take like the, the cream of the crop?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They take kind of the nobility. And, right. um And then, so Jehoiakim and his family are actually taken into exile. And uh, another, um, is it Zedekiah is put in his place?
2: That I want to say it's Zedekiah. Sounds right.
1: Yeah. And then, um, well, and this is a question too. I mean, uh, if Daniel was actually made into a eunuch to serve in the in the courts, mm-hmm. you know? So, but that's, you know, you guys can research that on your own time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, back to what... A you vicar, know. you can preach on that in a couple of weeks. Huh. Um, I uh, did have a vicar who would
0: have preached on that. Okay. Yep. And you know who it is. Yeah, I do know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, and so, uh, what I kind of mentioned in my ser- sermon, it's one thing to, uh, bring these gods into the temple and to burn incense for them. And it's one thing to, to, uh, to sin against God's name in that way. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I talk about my sermon is taking the God's name in vain and also, from the Catechism explanation how it would be your name and and uh, how God is very protective of his name. But the biggest thing is, is their hearts. It was one thing to do those things, but the fact that these people actually really did love these gods. Mm-hmm. They wanted what the other nations who worshiped these gods had, their heart was with them. And 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 as you read uh, from Ezekiel 36, 22 to 28, to me it's it sounds much like the the theme where you have God as kind of a, a jealous husband type of language. Mm-hmm. And so and so he talks about his name, and then he goes on to say, um, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and obey my just decrees. So you shall dwell in the land that I gave to our fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And we have a, a promise from God not only to, uh, to wash us in their strong baptismal language, wash you of your uncleanness, but also then um, to give us a new heart, just like uh, we sing on Sunday morning with David, "Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me." And it's a lesson that uh, when it comes to to us, uh, we don't need a heart that's tinkered with. We don't need uh, just a little, you know, uh, little change in our hearts uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We need a brand new heart. And then too, it also then from that new heart, that is why we, we love God and love our neighbor because God changed our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so yeah, that's what I'm preaching on tomorrow. Awesome. Because I I was getting tired of John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ezekiel's pretty good too.
0: So Peter, do we have anything from Hannah.
3: Uh, Hannah gave us a reply to our uh, Mother's Day episode. She didn't have a chance to record it yet. She did send me uh, her message, though, so I think I'll go ahead and read it for you, if you don't mind.
0: Oh, can I give a little context, though, first? First, if you want to go back and listen, but here, and Vicar did, uh, Berg, you weren't here, Vicar did a t- top 12 list where he ranked biblical mothers. Ah, I see. <laughs> So, yes, he did say some mothers were better than others. Yep. Quite controversial. I personally wouldn't go there. Well, we'll find
3: out what Hannah thought about it. Right. (laughs) All right. Go ahead, Pete. She says, Vicar, you did just fine with a nearly impossible task. You gave thoughtful consideration through a Christian lens of mothers in the Bible. You know, for a man. But I'd consider ranking mothers in the Bible about as meaningless as, say, ranking U.S. presidents. Does the man make the history, or does the history make the man? Likewise, does the mother make the child, or does the child make the mother? And the making of the mother goes even beyond the temperament, destiny, or inhuman strength of her child. What did she learn from her mother? Idolatry, like Ruth, or faithfulness, like Naomi? What circumstances is she facing while raising her children? The slaughter of innocents, like Jehokabed? Or menopause, like Sarai? Does she have the support to rise to the challenges presented to her like the faithful husband, or is she a widow on her own? The law accuses us mothers of utter failure, not loving our children enough, loving them too much, raising an eater so selective he eats only locusts and wild honey. <laughs> In the modern era, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest can fuel this mom guilt, but every act of child rearing done in faith is pleasing and precious to God, no matter how smelly, sticky, sleepy, or sloppy. So here's my pondering on motherhood with a capital M. As for Hannah, the mother of Samuel, I'm sure I surely can rustle up some special insight. First, I can understand her willingness to give up her child. If the Lord blessed her with one, I myself craved to become pregnant for the experience itself. How incredible to grow a person inside me. And beyond that, how fulfilling to use the female body fully, just as God designed. Second, not all mothers cherish the thought of raising a kid through every stage from zygote to maturity. Some of us love the chubby cheeks and thunder thighs. Some of us are most into six and seven-year-olds, and some of us are just winging it until they leave the house. So maybe Hannah was really into the pregnancy and infancy part, and after seeing her husband Peninnah's children. Didn't want to deal with puberty and all that. Finally, I think it's impossible for the the modern North American to understand the shame and sorrow of a barren woman in biblical times. As you pointed out, our society practically considers children a nuisance. So even if Hannah couldn't raise her son to manhood, at least she could get Penaniah off her back and hold her head high again. Thank you for lifting up the vocation of motherhood. Many blessings to Baby Berg, Papa Berg, and Mama Berg.
0: Oh, well, we can always thank Hannah for a
1: thoughtful.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, thoughtful, thoughtful Great response, work. which is something we need, right? A show <laughs> needs a little feminine perspective uh, once in a while. I was gonna say thoughtfulness, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you, Hannah. Um, and uh, if go back and listen to that, if you want to know what we're talking about, and also you can hear the heartfelt dedication I made to my
1: mother. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and if you and if anyone else would like to write in on motherhood or any other episodes we've had, where can they where can they uh, email us or get a hold of us, Ficker?
2: Well, they can email us at feedback at claireclaires They can send us a message on our Facebook page or uh, tweet at us mm-hmm. at claireclaires p.
0: And and I also have a, another assignment uh, since I love giving Hannah assignments. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Bear in mind, she asked to be associate producer. I want to get that out there. So um, uh, Peter re-edited uh, a joke ad I made for the podcast. you remember which one that was? Yep. Mm-hmm. The Theology Booster. And, uh, and uh, our producer really wants to put this ad on the radio. To which, uh, especially my wife's response was, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I'm a little nervous to put it in, at least on our radio. Maybe we could put it on a station in Oklahoma. <laughs> I think that's a compromise. <laughs> to find a radio station in Oklahoma and then
3: just see see what happens. I haven't heard about this yet, but I am thrilled about the idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. Finding a small podunk radio station in Oklahoma and just see what happens to our numbers.
3: Yep. So, I mean, surely that, we can, we'd get one person, right?
0: Yeah, well, well, I guess there's only one way to find out. I mean, right? But 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 this is why we, we need Hannah's uh, thought on this. Um, if she could listen to the updated um, ad and and let us know what she thinks, um, you guys are right with us playing it.
2: Yeah, I'm all right with it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the updated ad, and maybe Hannah could let us know what she thinks of it. Men. Why is it that men know less theology than their fathers and grandfathers? It's time to man up America with the Clerical Errors podcast, an all-natural theology booster. With this theology booster, you can feel more confident in the divine service or in Bible study. So what are you waiting for? Clericalerrors.org. And fellas, she'll like the podcast too. So there it is. Um so Hannah, give us your opinion and uh we should well, move on to the show. Everybody should give us their opinion. Everyone, let us know. Because this is that ad is probably the most controversial thing we've done.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's not it's really funny. it's it's funny. Um yeah. The idea, I don't think I don't think it's that controversial, but I'm sure there'd be some sticks in the mud that you Right. Know. Well so. th- th-
0: what I kinda wanted to do with with that little parody of Let's be honest, this is a parody for a testosterone booster, right? Right. And and I I just kind of wanted to kind of reclaim what manhood is. Right. You know? And actually kind of make fun. And it was well done. I mean, I thought, you know, so... So, you know, make fun of of that concept of masculinity. and, And hey, masculinity, actually, theology is pretty... Yeah. Biblical masculinity is wonderful. So... All right. Well, I'm noticing a theme here. Um, I have a top 12 list. Awesome. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. Now, uh, every once in a while, um, with a a vicar, I don't know if I've done this too much with you, um, is uh, I give advice once in a while, and I tell them this advice is not necessarily from Pastor Bullhagen or your supervisor, this is what I call Uncle Carl advice. Okay. Have I done that for you before? I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, then you must uh, must be doing okay in a few things that, but I every once in a while have to sit down next to the vicar and say, okay, um, I've got some advice for you from your Uncle Carl, <laughs> and it's just yeah, yeah. life advice. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so awesome. Lay it on us. So uh so this is uh So should we I mean should we be picturing ourselves like on a porch or something or you know yeah. like like what do you uh like how would you set the mood for this?
0: Um I would say um uh probably uh, a Budweiser in my hand. Mm-hmm. Uh full house music playing in the background. Um well no, this is more subdued. This is this is Uncle Carl stuff. So this is you know super serial. So, yeah, I've got maybe a cigar in my mouth It's not lit yet. Rock on. (laughs) It's around
3: 9.30 at night. The kids are in bed.
0: Yeah. Listen. Mm -hmm. You got to listen to your Uncle Carl here for a minute. (laughs) Okay? All right. So this isn't necessarily from a pastor's point of view. This is just... This is a
1: behind-the-collar scenes.
0: Right. This is um, Uncle Carl words, all right? All right. And this is... This is Uncle Carl's top twelve uh, words from Uncle Carl to a new dad. <laughs>
2: hmm.
0: Why? And obviously, because you're you're a new dad, and right. you're a fairly new dad. Some of this will apply, and some of these will already hit home with you.
2: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Number twelve: the bathroom is your friend. You will find that that is the safest place in your house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When you need to get away you can go to the bathroom and everyone has to do it right right and and you will find that there will be times a day where you just have to go to the bathroom you don't really have to go but you kind of have to go hmm because you can lock the door I'm sorry hon I'm in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> so the bathroom number 12 the bathroom is your friend has, has that one hit home with you
3: yet yep we're there. <laughs> I'm shocked that's not number one.
0: <laughs> By the way, do you recall memories of like me hiding in the bathroom once in a while? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you're the oldest. Number 11. <laughs> the more you help with a baby, the happier, happier you will be. Just basic, right? Because it's uh, I don't necessarily like always uh, that happy wife, happy life, or if mom's not happy, no one's happy. Mm-hmm. Because that comes from a kind of a self-protection thing. It's like kind of, yeah. kind of demeaning, you know. But the fact that generally the more you help, uh, the more you connect with the, the little one, mm-hmm. um, the more relaxed your wife might be, which is always good. Okay? And uh, you 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 might regret not helping enough, You will never regret helping too much. Number two. Recognize as a father, and this is kind of for pastors a little bit because we have a different work schedule than most people. Right. Right? So recognize when you work efficiently and when you don't work efficiently. And maximize the times when you work efficiently. But if you're not doing your work very efficiently, then stop wasting your time. Mm Mm-hmm be efficient with your new baby and your wife take it from
3: uncle Carl do you want to tell us when your most efficient time is or is that a-
0: um uh it varies it's too complicated as someone who lacks focus i am when i get to my efficient mode i like burn through things mm-hmm. quickly
3: so it's not i have 4 like i have trouble On sunday morning
0: like i have <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, you might get promoted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it might, like, take me a while to get started on a sermon.
1: Mm -hmm. But you've been thinking about it all week. Right. But once
0: I actually get to writing it, I can crank that thing out about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Number nine. At about two and a half weeks after your baby is born, you're going to call the doctor and ask him... To have the baby put back for (laughs) you'll get over that, okay? (laughs) Did you get to that point where you're like, like just for like a day? Can we just put the baby back for a while? And
2: yeah, yeah, we had. I mean, we had we had grandparents around quite a bit that we weren't. We we had to. I mean, we had to leave the house at times, but we could do that because Grandma and Grandpa were there. If they weren't there. But you, I you realize, I remember yeah. bringing Peter home,
0: right? Mm-hmm. After about like a couple of weeks, I, like, I yeah. turned to Julie and said, hey, you want to go to a movie? And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I, the, your life really changes a lot. And you can't do a lot of the things that you'd want to do, you right. know, or normally do. Right. 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 Yep. Kind of like I said earlier. And you, then you miss it, you know. Yeah,
0: and you're going to be tired, but you will. Pretty much be tired now for the duration, right? So it, it's it's kind of like
1: it. seeing people. Seeing people now is a lot harder than what it like like just friends getting together and right. hanging out and stuff. And uh, yeah. there's a lot more luggage
0: mm-hmm. that you bring along.
1: Uh, it, there's a lot more prep
0: time, um, and, but it's and, good to do because when it, as a your your children get older and and the wife stays with the child. She really needs to talk to an adult. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And you come home, you might have been talking to adults all day, and then you get home, I'm tired of talking to people. I just yep. need to chill for a while. Uh, no. Yep. No. Nope. Not how this works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. All right. And actually, this is for you too, Vicker. this next one. Number eight. Number eight. Adjusting to the first child is difficult. Adjusting to the second child is less difficult. And after two, it's just constant chaos. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so you, you could probably think of people in your life mm-hmm. where that might apply to.
1: Well, in my own family, um, you know, like I just look, just looking at the physical like baby book photos, mm-hmm. I have the most pictures. My My brother after me has a few less. And then it just kind of... <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, and I think then we're I just, gonna have to do know. an archaeological dig just to know my fourth child exists. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he clings in the bangs the with the weight room in me with me now. I think just so he knows that I, I have him. I right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um. And by the way, that constant chaos—that actually is the advice of of the three more. It's, that's actually speaks for having children close in age. Because you don't have to, like, readjust to diapers, you know? It's right, just, you just keep it going. Right. You don't have to relearn getting up at night.
3: Mm-hmm. You
0: know? The diapers never end. No. I think we did diapers with just the four kids straight for maybe 11 years. I don't know. You know?
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: You know? So, but uh, that, that's just it. Uh, um Um, so, so don't let this, my point is don't let the, the, the busyness of one child scare you from having more, Mm -hmm. which happens. It actually happens because they say Mm. it was so much change to have one child. Mm. I don't know if I want another one.
2: Number seven.
0: This one's an easy one. Relax. It's just poop. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, that one, I mean, you grew up on a pig farm, so. Yeah.
1: I mean. (laughs) That's money. Well, and, you know, baby (laughs) excrement is, it's not as, I guess when they start eating solid foods, yeah, it gets kind of gross. Right. It gets grosser, you know.
0: Right. Right. It gets to the point where you wonder, why are you not a lineman in the (laughs) MFFL? But it's just poop. Yep. All right. (laughs) Number six. Get used to sharing. Take Mm -hmm. it from Uncle Carl. You know. You get married, and you think your wife's body was just for you. <laughs> I mean, n- <laughs> yeah, get used to sharing. Yep. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you always talk about when you have a second child, you always talk about, well, it's going to be rough for the oldest to
1: get used to the new one. That's kind of what a husband goes through. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs>
1: so. Well, and just the physical, like, I mean, you know, they're just, they're built in that way to give more to the kid. Right. You know, and there's only so much we can do that way, too. Right. You know, and I mean, it makes sense that for comfort, you know, the baby's going to hog the mom. And it's, you know, God made moms soft for a reason. Mm
0: hmm. All right. Moving on before we all get uncomfortable. Number five. Number five. Your baby. And your child sees everything. Mm -hmm. I remember my first realization of of this with Peter is he got mad one time and uh, he lost his temper. And when he lost his temper, it was like he was mimicking me. Like he would act, like he learned, okay, this is how I'm supposed to lose my temper. Hmm. (laughs) It was eye-opening. Because you like to think, oh, I can see my best qualities in my children.
2: <laughs> what do you
0: actually wind up seeing? Sometimes is your own weaknesses. All right. Number four. Remember that uh, Sunday morning, you have it easy. <laughs>
1: yep. True. Yeah, that's the time I can actually, um, because we we kind of work in shifts mm-hmm. through the night, and like that's the that's one night where I can kind of get a little more sleep you know right so i'm ready for sunday which is a real blessing
0: this is what this is this is what a a pastor learns when he has children and they go on vacation and then they they sit with their wife and their (sighs) children during church and then everyone every new dad who has one or two or three children who sits with their they, they they walk out of church angry Like, what's wrong with all you people? (laughs) I'm trying to go to church
1: here. And and the (laughs) wife looks over and says, "Oh, they were really good today."
2: Yeah, that's
0: right. (laughs) Uh, Take it from me, Uncle Collar, Carl. Carl. Uncle (laughs) Collar. Yeah, I'm showing you what's under the underneath the Carl today. (laughs) All right, number three. Don't worry. Your hobbies will still be there when you're 49 years old.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, they're not going anywhere. That's mm-hmm, true. So, I remember you told me you should find a hobby. <laughs> yep.
1: <Not laughs> the door <anymore>. is closed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Should have. Should have. Got. Should have moved a little faster.
0: <laughs> Number two. Remember, fatherhood is rewarding. Someday your son could produce a podcast for you. That's true. (laughs) And that brings us to number one. And number one. Pray with your infant, sing with them, bring them to church, teach them God's word, get that baptized child in the habit early from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And that is... My top twelve. So, any, any of those you, you take you're taken to heart here, Berg.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's all good advice. I really, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm too tired <laughs> to really. I gotta think about that for a little while. So, how
2: about you? Like, yeah, uh, you, yeah. some
0: of those probably resonate with you, but also Definitely. maybe some new ones.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Uh, for uh, relation to number one yesterday. Uh, My wife was out of the house for a while, so I had some good quality time with Isaiah. And uh, we have a couple hymns that have been put to illustrated children's books. Um, One of them is, God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It. We were sitting on the couch, and I began to sing the hymn without the book. The book was laying on the floor, like in the corner of the room, with some other books kind of close to it. And I start singing it. And Isaiah, who's just over one year old, he uh, he looks to the corner, he reaches, and I put him down on the floor. He crawls over, pulls out the right book, and opens the first page. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I've learned that babies are a lot smarter than I ever <laughs> imagined. And that was just a surreal moment yesterday. That yeah, he's uh, he's picking things up all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So what uh, what are the uh... If our listeners want to know, like, or get some of these books yeah. for themselves,
2: yeah. So, Cloria Publishing, out of uh, South Dakota, uh, has put together a number of of children's books uh, that are illustrated beautifully and and with the hymns, uh, some very familiar hymns in our Lutheran tradition. So, check out Cloria Publishing, and now uh, Concordia Publishing House has Cor- a Cloria, re- Cloria, yeah. Spell it, K L O R I A, yeah. And then uh, Concordia Publishing House has a relationship with them now. That you can find some of their works on uh, on Concordia Publishing House's website as well. All right. Yep. So we've got a, a new segment.
0: Yeah. What do we have so, we decided what we're calling this? I don't know. Have <laughs> we? I like the uh... the the Master Pastors Theater with Pastor Berg. Yeah. That awesome. sounds good.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was that's that's pretty uh, pretty clever, Peter play the intro. So
0: uh, welcome to Master Pastors Theater with Pastor Berg.
1: So what's the concept behind this, Peter, er, Berg? Uh, well, the concept is, um, you know, since I, I don't have as much time anymore, um, and both in reading and just preparing things, I thought that this might be a good opportunity just to hear from, you know, other Lutheran pastors that uh, uh, you might not know about, know about, you know, here are some of my favorites, Mm -hmm. um, uh, guys that, uh, I found that I've really enjoyed their sermons and, uh, their writings and, uh, I'm I'm honored. So, (laughs) you know, so, (laughs) so yeah. Um, so that's kind of the concept behind it, you know, um, just for, just some things for you guys to think about and, you know, um, and, uh, And ponder and, you know. So today, uh, I'll be reading a part of uh, the first part of uh, an essay called Garlic. It was written by a man by the name of Paul Hensel. And he was a pastor in the early 20th century. And I can maybe uh, get kind of a biography mocked up for him. Um, But he is actually one of my favorite 20th century Lutheran Mm -hmm. writers. He's definitely top three. In the twentieth century, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's putting him next to some really mm-hmm. big hard hitters. So, and where did he serve? Uh, he served in Wisconsin. Um, he was in the Wisconsin Senate until uh, he was suspended in nineteen twenty nine, I think it was, uh, and then he was a part of the what is called the Protestant Conference, uh, and he was the editor for their magazine Faith Life, which you can still get. Uh, today um, very, very interesting uh, movement and uh, you know we can mm-hmm. so so anyway, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about garlic. So here we go. The garlic bulb is the peasant of the garden ill-equipped for exhibition purposes among the aristocratic flowers fruits and royal vegetables we hide as it were our faces from him and our eyebrows wink with a mocking eye and hold our noses our grocery man has them tucked away under the counter but not for the same reason that jelly, chocolate and similar articles hard to get during the war were kept out of sight and saved for the select customers, denied to the poor and timid, but inserted into the shopping bag of the elite with a swift and stealthy move, precious as jewels. And since garlic has anything but form or comeliness, it is a fit symbol of the meek and humble Nazarene, of the untutored and uncouth fishermen, his witnesses, who profess to know nothing save Jesus Christ and him crucified of the unvarnished church, of the homely and honest scriptures, of the Stila Imlanda, whose Christian conduct devoid of all affectation is a mute and standing rebuke against the exhibitionism of the church, the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He who styled himself the least of the apostles and gloried in his weakness, that the power of Christ might rest upon him, magnified God for this very thing, That it hath pleased him to choose the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, to choose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. In the latter days of Judah, when priests and princes, light and treacherous, looked down their noses at the common garden variety of saints, and spiritual pride closed their ears to correction, in the reign of Josiah. It was then that the prophet Zephaniah found comfort in another season of grace. In that day, says the Lord, I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice in thy pride, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. I will also leave them in the midst leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. In the dark days of the judges they thrust out Jephthah, the son of a harlot, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. The white lily bed of Gilead, watered by the sweet-smelling Jordan, could not bear the strong odor of garlic. But lo and behold, the Lord, whose habit it is to raise up the poor out of the dust and lift the needy out of the dung heap, that he might set them among the princes, had compassion on his erring people and on Jephthah, endowed him with the Holy Spirit, anointed him the savior of those very men who had evicted him, thus prefiguring the gospel of salvation for the wicked men who erected the cross and for us who crucified the Lord of glory. And Gilead bowed his head in shame and was glad. The name of Him, once displeasing to their nostrils, was now a good ointment poured forth. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. When the heart is changed in repentance, the olfactory nerves are converted too. From dawn to dusk of history and without fail, in every instance, for with Him there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning, He hath exalted them of low degree and cast the mighty from their seats, that in all things God might be glorified In Christ Jesus. Oh, that's I like that.
0: That's uh, that is um. As a as a preacher, I appreciate when, when
1: illustrations are used correctly, right, (laughs) and are helpful. Yeah, I mean, because most you know there are a lot of people who don't like the smell of garlic. It's very pungent. It's you know, Mm -hmm. it's something that takes getting used to. And I've been thinking about this. I, I love this this line of his. Mm. When the heart is changed in repentance, the olfactory nerves are converted too, right? Yeah. And I mean, this is obviously a reference to what St. Paul writes when he's talking about preachers. To those who are perishing, we are the smell of death. Hmm. Right. We have, we have the odor of death. They, they hate us because mm. their their nostrils smell only the garlic. But to those who have been converted... We, we are, which is something you know, I think we're seeing more and more. I think this this COVID
0: nineteen, right? Is really, you know, when when uh, you have uh, states that want to start opening shopping malls and everything else, but kind
1: of the last on the list is the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and we try to dress everything up. We try to hmm. you know, and I, that's why I really liked you know Jesus is garlic, yeah, because right. garlic has no form or comb in it. Homeliness. Mm. You have the unwashed fishermen. You have um, the unvarnished saints, right? Mm. Yeah. Who live their lives um, and they do good works in secret, mm. uh, and this is a silent rebuke against the exhibitionism of the world, right? Mm. I mean, what? Mm. I mean, that should really just, I mean, smack us in the face, you know? I mean, it's powerful stuff, right? That the Christian life. Isn't this you know sexy? Um, uh, what do you want to say? Um, grandstanding, right? And unfortunately, that's what it becomes a lot of times. Yeah. Um. And uh. And this, I mean, this is he gets to the heart of it. You know, um. He gets to the heart of what the Christian life is, and that it is God who uh, magnifies the lowly, mm-hmm. and um, and that I think for poor Christians. Um, who live their lives and they're shamed, and and for the poor pastors, you know, mm-hmm. who toil for years and decades, mm. um, and there's, uh, well, why can't you be like Pastor So and So, or why can't you be like this guy, or why can't you be like this guy? Um, uh, this should be a comfort, right? That uh, God is working, and that he he loves the smell of garlic. And, and I, Iowa
0: um, is filled with all sorts of humble churches, I would call where it's um the the building where they worship, where they gather together around God's word isn't the prettiest of buildings. A lot of times the carpets dated mm-hmm. because all their money is going to just try to be able to keep a pastor right and keep him fed. Mm-hmm. And um and and uh you know the, most of them can talk about the the glory days of the church when you know, things were overflowing and all those things and and uh but the humility of gathering around God's word and that being your treasure mm-hmm. is something that a lot of times the world doesn't understand. And the temptation is 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 to think, well, we need to change our church. So it is that kind of glorious thing that attracts everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're
1: really actually trying to change people's hearts so that they enjoy the smell of garlic. Right. You know, garlic is something that needs to be—it's a—it's an acquired taste. Hmm. And it's the same—that's why I think very, a lot of people have a hard time coming into Lutheranism, because it is an acquired taste. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the fast food McDonald's hamburger. It's not the the shake. And e- even, even pastors— Still, grow an
0: appreciation mm-hmm. of what it means to be Lutheran, and and so it, it's something that has, you know, well, garlic is a
1: root. It's something that has deep roots. Right, and so as we kind of go through this, um, it's amazing just the the illustrations that he's going to pull out of here uh, for us. And hmm. so, um,
2: what what where did he put this? How did he publish this essay originally? Was it in a theological journal? This was
1: published in a magazine called Faith Life, and Hmm. uh, he published uh, the one where I got it from. This is January 1950. Hmm. So um, he dies not very—I don't think he dies very— he dies in maybe a few years after this. Okay. In the 50s or 60s, I believe. Okay.
2: Wow. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And there's more. Is that my understanding? There's more to this? Yeah,
1: this is— yeah, all this is part one. All right, and so uh, stay tuned next week for part two of
2: Master Master Pastor. Th-
1: <laughs> <laughs> how does that go, Master Pastor Theater yes, with Master Pastor Burke? Master Theater with Pastor Burke. <laughs> Master Pastor Theater. Okay, I think we got it. Okay, how are we doing on time, Pete?
3: Um, uh, we got enough time to do one more segment. If you guys got something, um, do you have?
0: Something that might bother Berg, Peter? I certainly do. Peter, play the intro. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. We haven't done a news that bothers Berg for a while.
1: That's right. I think the news today has bothered everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. What makes
1: you any special today, huh? right. Everybody's equal opportunity bothered, I think, these days.
3: I've got a story from the Christian Post. Okay. Headline is... Pastor dies from coronavirus after laying hands on infected followers, declaring them healed.
0: (laughs) Vicar, don't do that. Oh, no. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
3: This guy, this is- a popular, self-styled prophet and former presidential candidate in Cameroon, died from coronavirus Saturday after laying hands on dozens of dozens of his infected followers and pronouncing them healed of the disease. BBC reported that the death of the pastor, uh, who, who founded Kingship International Ministries, caused, caused so much mayhem it took police hours to retrieve the corpse from his home, home where he died in uh, Bonaberi as his family and followers prayed for his resurrection.
1: Uh, That's, that's sad. See, this is why theology matters, guys. Right. This is why theology matters. You know, you, (laughs) I mean, this guy's theology was false and it killed him. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. it, it's it's not you know there are both physical and spiritual problems with this right. He not only died right because of his false belief that he was given this miraculous power of healing, but um, think of he think of where he's led his flock. Right. Right. Because guess what? He pronounced these people healed. Well, what happens if they die? Right. And then he died, and now they're praying for his resurrection. And the reason why we can trust Jesus'
0: word is because
1: he did rise from the dead. Right. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, we have the sure and certain witness of the scriptures. And you know what? Everybody's like, oh, all this quibbling about doctrine, blah, blah, blah. No, guys, it does matter. Because then you do stuff like this, and you lead people into hell. You lead people into despair, and then
2: you yourself might even perish. And this is the the flashy show that you just talked about. In contrast to the garlic. Right. Right. So, and this this plagues, uh, it plagues America too. We see this a lot in televangelists, but it plagues Africa uh, with all of these upstart cult leaders who are claiming direct communication with God.
0: By the way, there is a great song. Okay. Uh, listener, if you got Spotify, listen to a song by a gentleman by the name of Shylin. <laughs> called False Prophets. All right?
3: Shy, we, I think it's... Have we talked about your love for Shy on this podcast yet?
0: Um, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll save that for another day. But Shy Uh Vicar, how do you spell Shy I
2: don't know. Is this one word or two?
0: It's two. It's like S-H-A-I-L-Y-N-N-E.
2: S-H-A-I-L-I-N-N-E. Right. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. Shy Lin,
0: false teachers, and uh, l- listen to that sometime. Uh, they, they, that actually talks about exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, by the way, the false teachers, the S's are of course dollar signs.
1: <laughs> and that's that's smart. I like that. So
0: yes, uh, he is much better at talking over this beat than I am. That's talking over beats. Peter, did you listen to the last episode?
3: Yeah, you got really aggressive at me. I'm not sure what was going on there. <laughs>
0: So he the song starts out... I'll just have to say some of this because I don't have the rights for it. Mm -hmm. It says, Special dedication to my brothers and sisters on the great continent of Africa. To saints in Malawi, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Zimbabwe. Don't be deceived by what America's sending y'all, man.
3: Hmm.
0: And then he talks about uh, the theology of glory and how basically if you... If you're uh, looking to Christ to become richer, then
1: he isn't your God, money is. Right. So... So, okay, guys, we're all going to listen to this this week, okay? We'll come back and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So that'll be uh, our kind of after we do maybe our drinks. There you go. At the, You know, and then we can talk about... Uh, so that's your assignment, guys. So... Listen, listen to that song. All right, now... Um,
0: one thing about the news that I, I saw an article that actually bothered me, and it was, and we're going to see a lot of these as churches open up, where it talks about uh, a different story of uh, a church. It says a church responsible for a coronavirus outbreak. Okay, mm. the goal is here, and a lot of these articles to discredit all churches, right, for gathering. So, so it, it is was presented as though just a church that happened to gather. Right, right. That an outbreak happened, but it doesn't say anything about the fact that uh, they had a uh, they had a buffet meal together too. Ah, uh, yeah. They had a children's program. This like, was in Arkansas, where yeah. kids are like sitting on old people's laps and right all these things. But that that's like buried down in the article. The main article is another outbreak at church. Right. And what they're doing is trying to, you know, yeah, cast a, aspersions on churches. You know, we're meeting, but we're also trying to be safe as we
1: meet. Yeah. I mean, if you go to uh, Trinity Hampton's uh, Facebook page, you guys have taken a lot of steps to right. mitigate, uh, you know. And that's the thing, guys. If you go out in the world, there's going to be risks, you know. I mean, there is a risk that you're going to get COVID. But, you know, there's a risk when you get in your car, too. I mean, this is the thing. We are mortal. We're going to die. And and
0: Christians have
1: risked a lot more than COVID to be able to gather together in church. Right. And, you know, if you are in Christ, right, uh, then, then death really isn't scary anymore because all of the wrath has been taken away. I mean, that's the thing. We have hope that nobody else has. I mean, that's why everybody's so scared. You're finding out what their God really is. They don't actually believe in the life to come. No. That that so. that being said, I think, uh,
0: you know, if you're going to church, you should do what you can to be careful during the week, right?
1: Just as we should during flu season and everything right. else, you know. I mean, right? right. It, it's like, guys, let's not tempt God. Let's be careful, right? Let's, you know, do what we can do, you know.
3: Yep. Uh, don't. But if but you also, are sick, don't go to church, right? Your, if pa- you are your pastor sick. will take care of you in other ways,
1: right? I mean, like, come on, guys, like. <laughs> This is what we say when we say God gave us our reason. He's saying, don't be stupid. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and it's kind of like you open these things up and then everybody goes to the bar. Yeah, because that's a great idea. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like, let's just, let's have a little bit of common sense, you know? Right. I mean, that, that isn't that, this isn't that difficult. It's like, wash your hands. Like. And the narrative you know, with
0: that, all that keeps changing too. It, you know, and you know, with, with this, the CDC came out that you actually very unlikely that you get it from hard surfaces.
1: Right. So, you right. know, and, and that's the thing. See, that's actually how science works, guys. Like, you learn new things and it changes. Right. right? I mean, well, when people use hashtag science as to, to end a,
0: an argument, is contradictory. Right. Because it, that's actually scientism. Right? Right. Um, science is an open debate to say, we should stop talking about this. Hashtag science. That's not science. Right. <laughs> what you're saying should be repeatable. You know, it should be... Tested. Tested. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and, and... by by being tested, it doesn't mean, okay, this other scientist can test it. It means we all can test it. It right. should hold up.
1: Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, the elderly and the vulnerable, yeah, you guys should stay home. You should make, you know... And in fact, I think, you know, in that case, you guys shouldn't even go to the grocery store, you know? Use your Christian brothers and sisters to help you. Call right. them up. Ask them. They'll do it for yeah, you. Yeah, they will deliver groceries
0: to you. They're happy. There are lots of people happy to do those things for you.
1: You know, but that's the thing. Don't go to the grocery store and then say you're scared to come to church, okay? Yep. Because the thing is, is that uh, a lot of these places aren't doing any sort of social distancing, but the church is. You know, we are taking every single precaution to keep you safe. You know, so you know, keep that in mind too. All right. Well, I think that's a that's a full
0: show for us today. It's so nice that this is way better than me just sitting there with
1: some beats. Well, you know, you just got. Although drop some a- of the some of those beats are pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, you got to drop a beat every <laughs> once in a while.
3: Did you, did you like any of those beats, Peter, that, from the last episode? I mean, we use a lot of them in our intros, right?
0: That's true. The real talk, and then the um, what it, the one from what it is, what it ain't, and what it could be. But I
3: Yeah, they got to hear there. the extended versions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Remix. All right. Well, thank you, uh, all of you, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week.
1: I am Bolhagen. And I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. And uh, may your olfactory nerves be converted.
0: Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, On Twitter at P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.